Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney and myself here to talk uh, retirement planning for high net worth individuals. So we're going to talk a little, I don't think we've done a whole lot around necessarily high net worth, Phil. So Probably a good topic to get into and, and have a conversation. We'll describe some unique situations, uh, and then we'll talk about maybe some, some, maybe some uh, planning myths that kind of get associated with that a little bit. So we'll go through a few of those things. How you doing, my friend? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Enjoying the, the fall season. Uh, we just got done doing one of our favorite fall activities, doing Hollow Weekends. It's a point. Oh. So the amusement park is a couple hours from us down in Sandusky, Ohio. Opens up on the weekends yeah, during, yeah, yeah. well, after Labor Day through the uh, the end of October for uh, Halloween. So they get everything and scary stuff going on at night if you like that kind of stuff. And but it's it's a lot of fun and had had un- unbelievable summer summer weather for it this weekend. But uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's pretty pretty toasty outside for uh, this time of the year. But you know, it's we're in early October right now, so not a bad idea to go and do that before it gets to too late. Because then a it's cooler, but b it might be busier yeah. too, right? Because people are around yep. Halloween. So trying to, trying to now, is that something you took the grandkids, or is that just because you like scary stuff, or what's the deal? No, we take the kids. So we not not to do the scary stuff, but just to do you know the the roller coasters. They still have everything open. So you know, and because they have you know a lot of different. Uh, like haunted house or, you know, haunted walk type places throughout the park. I mean, a lot of people in the, the evening time frame doing that. So you have more flexibility to do some of the rides in, in that. But I tell you what, of all the places I've lived, a lot of the the haunted houses that were that used to be done in the Michigan areas. But, you know, I used to live in Auburn Hills and, you know, there was always some sort of haunted. Uh, and there was this really like really oh, yeah. good, like seriously, like some serious money and some time and effort went into some of those in the area. And I remember for a while there I lived just next to Oakland university and there was a place they called silo X and it was a, it was an old missile silo on the, I don't know if they still do it or not, but it was on the university and you had to go down into the, okay. into the missile silo thing. So it was, and it was creepy. It was pretty good. So that, yeah, was that would scary. be kind of scary. Yeah. yeah, it'd be crazy. Just in and of itself yeah. going into a yeah. the missile site. No. Yeah, and of course they leaned into like the military, you know, gone wrong kind of thing, you know, for Halloween, you know. So it was, but it was yeah. good stuff though. Yeah, they had uh, probably of all the places I live, the best haunted, scariest haunted houses in the in the Metro Detroit area. So, without a doubt, uh, they take it very seriously. So, anyway, let's get <laughs> yes, into our conversation. Yeah, let's get into our and it, we're early October. We'll, we'll talk about more about it as we get closer to Halloween. But let's go. Uh, let's go into some retirement planning for high net worth individuals. So, you know, what's a definition of a high net worth individual? Right, I think everybody's probably going to be a little different. Uh, and do you agree, Phil, that they have a, a maybe a more unique planning issues than others? Yeah, and in, in I mean, high net, high net worth individuals is typically somebody with a million to maybe five million in liquid investable type money. You know, so outside of your home equity, you know, even having real estate, um, you know, as long as it's not your primary residence, would kind of fit into that. You know, and that's kind of the the first peak aspect I think of this decision is. When you just throw that out there, a high net worth individual, most people, even in that category, are going to say, well, that's not me. I'm not high net worth. But the reality is from, you know, mm-hmm. the the uh, statistics and the numbers of uh, from investors around the country. I mean, somebody in category is in a, in a high net worth scenario. So, OK. OK. So let's talk about some unique situations. Um 
that they might encounter some complexities, right? So obviously more diverse portfolios. um, I would imagine holdings of different things, right? Yeah, they can. I mean, so you get into that category. Now you become what's called an accredited investor. Um, So being an accredited investor just opens up another category of investments. So you can get into what are often considered more illiquid investments, you know, so holding Mm -hmm. private real estate, you know, so not through like a a traded, like a REIT, real estate investment trust, but actually holding a a position in real estate through a DST or something of Mm -hmm. that nature, you know, or even private equity, same thing, owning a piece of a small privately company. Um, challenge with anything that is is it's very illiquid. It's it's not like a you know normal stock bond ETF that hey if you need the money you can place the trade and you know you've got the money within three days. So so and that's why uh, there are regulations around that. So there can be some complexities. Doesn't necessarily mean there has to be. Um, still comes back to you know what to accomplish, what your your comfort level is. Um, but because you're in that category, it does avail you some different options if it's something that fits your level of your strategy so and a lot of times in this place for folks that are that are maybe in that you know one to five million dollars obviously anything over that you're really getting into some more complexities right yeah to get to the the like alternate highway yeah the 10 million plus kind of thing but yeah but i mean i think for a lot of folks that that you know you would probably encounter and that would probably listen to our show i mean a million to five million is not totally out of range for I mean, many people, right? Depending on you know, doctors and so on and so forth, you know, whatever your, your job might or be. Or just, I mean, even if they worked at a, a company for a long you know, period of time. I mean, we work with a lot of clients that are in that category, one, you know, one to five million. That's our kind of average client that we see. All right. So taxes, obviously, is the yes. situation that uh, they should hopefully be paying a lot of attention to or working with someone yep. that is, because this is going to certainly be a bigger animal here. And, and, you know, there's all the things about, you know, the ultra rich don't, you know, pay this, that, and the other, which we know is silly because they do. Yeah, they pay but a lot of times, maybe in addition, depending on what their makeup of net worth and income are. And yeah, but they, they also have individuals like yourself or a team of individuals yes. helping them be as a tax right. efficient as possible. But even for us regular folks, you know, or folks even in the one to five million dollar range, taxation clearly is, is going to be the huge point of where you can make a real difference. Yeah, and that's one of the, the biggest um, our planning process is understanding that tax aspect of retirement. You know, very often we, we see individuals coming into retirement in that, you know, one to five million of net worth they've accumulated, not realizing that tax burden that's going to face them down the road if they haven't properly understood it up front and then made some plans to how to minimize it now. Right. You know, taking advantage of opportunities today. So, yeah. Yep. So taxes are something going to be unique. I mean, if you've done well, saved for retirement, you know, unfortunately, depending on worst position, I mean, that can generate a, a, a tax liability mm-hmm. if you don't plan for it and, and try to reposition things. So, yeah. And, and I think I probably should have said that I, I kind of have like four uh, of the situations that maybe find themselves a little a little higher in the um, the totem pole of paying attention to for high net worth. Uh, individuals, right. which was complexities was one taxes was the other. Yeah. Uh, the ne- next one is estate planning, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, obviously in this situation, again, we've talked about it before, Phil, you don't have to be a Rockefeller and be mega rich to have a trust. Right. Uh, but certainly if you do get to a certain level, it may be something more you're leaning more towards. Uh, if you have more assets to protect, is that is that a fair statement? Or I mean, it's to me, it's one of those scenarios. I think oftentimes people think of estate planning. Well, I don't have the you know 
quote unquote 13 million or above, you know, 26 for a couple to, to worry for about the current, that, yeah. a quote unquote estate tax. And that's true. I mean, but that's mm-hmm. a small aspect of estate planning. I mean, estate planning is ultimately when something happens to one or both of you, what do you want to have happen to your assets? And the reality is for somebody in that one to five million range, I mean, unless they're spending crazy amounts of money, they're probably going to have some money left. You know, so it becomes more um, a reality of, okay, if there's money left and there probably will, and maybe that's part of the plan is that money left to, you know, go to the kids or whoever it is. Well, how do you want that to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really the estate plan is, okay, if that's going to happen, you're going to have money left. You want to structure that for that individual, that, you know, charity, whatever it is to, to get the money in the most efficient manner. So just having that plan in place. You know, and then all the other aspects of estate planning that everyone should have, the, you know, living wills, durable medical powers of attorney, those kind of things. But but yeah, just the distribution of the assets is really the key. And then the fourth one on the list here, Phil, is, is liabilities. And that might tie back into maybe a trust or, or some protections or whatever right. that it is you're looking to do. Because unfortunately, if you're a higher net worth person, you may also have a more of a target on your back, right? Or you may have more of a right. situation where a family member gets into an accident or something like that. And then they're, you know, you know, so it's just liability could be a bigger issue. So protection may be a, a higher. Uh, level of concern than it might be for others. Correct. I mean, yeah, if, if you do end up, you know, getting into an auto accident, injuring somebody and through the discovery process, now the attorney finds that there's a significant amount of net worth, liquid net worth. Well, it's an easier target to, for them to go after somebody like that versus, you know, if they find out, well, you only yeah. have 120,000. Well, okay. I mean, is it really worth all their effort to try to get through? And yeah. And the only reason I say that is, is thinking about like our, our kids or something, because it's like, I I know that I've seen a number of stories and even known a couple individuals where their, you know, just barely adult child got into an accident. Uh, and then the parents were being, you know, trying to be, you know, kind of sought after because the parents had money and the parents' cars. And they're they not even a child. They were still eight. They were still 18. Yeah. I mean, they were still, they were 18. They were an adult, but it was like, go after mom and dad because they got money. And not just to say that you're trying to skirt, you know, any kind of responsibilities. It's just, if you've got more, you're looking for, you're looking for protection, right? Yeah. So definitely asset protection. How do you structure it? You know, trust can help out potentially. Um, how, you know, it kind of ties back into that thing, you know, one of the oftentimes, especially like with real estate, the easy process is, well, I'll just add the kids to the, you know, to the title or to the deed. Right. And I mean, the, the challenge with that, okay, if there's names on that deed and now they, back to liabilities, they get into an auto accident or they have some kind of liability, well, they own your property. They're an owner on that, that property. Now, your assets are their assets for that liability standpoint. So you just have to be really careful, especially as you're looking at estate transfers and how you want to position things, you know, to help cover yourself from the the liability aspect. So, and again, you know, I'm not an attorney, obviously, make sure we talk about that. But I mean, it's there there are, you know, just general kind of questions that I understand as you're going into this to then take it to the next level and say, okay, now let's have a discussion with an attorney. What should we do? How should we best hedge ourselves against with this? Well, and, and so we wanted to touch on a little bit because obviously if you are in that situation, hopefully you are working with a financial professional. If you're not, yep. then you certainly should consider doing so. I think a lot of folks that are probably yep. over that threshold probably already are, but you know, you might be looking for a second opinion or typically yeah. they are. Mm-hmm. So make sure you, you know, you're just doing the right things there for yourself. Now let's talk about a couple of planning myths that kind of are attached to the high net worth individuals. 
Uh, I have so much net worth, I don't need to worry about sustainable withdrawal rates. So like a lot of us are going, okay, do we pull four, you know, we'll just stick with the 4% rule, right? Do we pull the 4%, right? right, uh, You know, in order to kind of get through. But if you have three, $4 million, you know, you might feel like, well, I don't have to worry about how much I'm withdrawing because I'm groovy, right? Don't put yourself into a pickle because it, you may also be spending more, right? It's the same, gonna, it's yeah. the same concept. It's just a matter of how you're, you're the, whatever tier you're on. Yeah. I mean, the withdrawal rate, you know, really comes down to number one, it's a rule of thumb. I don't really use rules of thumb other than it's that napkin sketch kind of MI in the ballpark. Good for that. And that's about it. But beyond that, I mean, it's, you know, typically yes, with a higher net worth is going to be spending more. You know, so if you're thinking, well, I've got three million, four percent, that's one hundred and twenty thousand a year. You know, that that's good. And maybe for somebody with a million, one hundred and twenty a year, that seems like a lot of money for somebody in the three to four million. Sure. You know, that's just their lifestyle that they're accustomed to. So so for them, that three to four percent withdrawal rate. Yeah, you still have to be conscious of it. You still have bottom line is you still have to have a distribution plan. What is the income I have? How am I going to get that income? You know, how are my assets positioned to be able to cover that income that I need? Because net worth is part of the bigger picture. So, well, and I think that maybe ties into a larger myth or a larger question for that, Phil, is uh, if you're not worried about withdrawal rate and you think, hey, I'm sitting on, you know, four million dollars or five million dollars. I don't need an income yeah. plan. I'm groovy. I'm I got five million bucks. Right. And. Yeah, but how do you live? I mean, that's, I know we're going to circle back to that again, but you know, how I live, yeah, $5 million, I probably wouldn't be thinking about an income plan because I'm groovy. You know, my, my property taxes are really low and, you know, so on and so forth. All the, and, you know, my wife and I don't, you know, we're not overly extravagant, you know, aside from guitars that you see behind me. (laughs) But, you know what I mean? So it's like, it truly is lifestyle. If you've got a million dollars, you live a certain way. You got five million dollars, you might live a different way, right? Yeah, I mean, it, and at the end of the day, you may not quote unquote need it. Mean, and I guess you got to come back to what is your definition of need? You know, if you're saying need it, meaning I might not run out of money, okay, maybe not. But the reality is, having an income plan, having a strategy in place, can help improve that probability of not running out of money. So you're not much right? No matter what your spending is, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just more predictability, you know, so you know, this is the, the, the higher probability of being down that path of, you know, I've got 4 million, I need 120 a year, is it going to work? You know, so ultimately, I've got a plan. So yeah, and and I think all of, I think the the main categories we just identified, right? So like complexities, taxation or taxes, estate, uh, and liabilities are also the same things that get tied up in these myths, right? Because it's easy to go, well, I got all this money, uh, yeah, I need an estate plan, but I've also got enough to kind of go around. So right. I don't know, do I don't really need all the bells and whistles, maybe per se, right? I just want to know that. When I pass on, whatever's left goes to my kid and I'll just, so I'll do a basic plan or something like that. But I feel like if you have more and I, I hate to be this way, but I feel like, especially in the society that we've been in in the last number of years, uh, it's very litigious, obviously. And there's just a lot of different things. Well, protection to me just seems like it would be tantamount to, to having the right situation in place. Right. It's yeah, it's a huge opportunity, you know, for you to be able to hedge, um, from the kind of that general liability standpoint we talked about, but the, you know another aspect of liability okay. is the tax side of it. 
you know, the, the reality is, yeah, you don't maybe need this and kind of strategy to, to avoid it because it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you're okay, going to be right. okay. But it can be the difference between leaving, you know, an estate to your your heirs, your kids, you know, two million or and then you, they have to pay taxes out of it. Or maybe you're leaving three million that's structured now tax free. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a matter of can you win your scenario? Yeah. And that's really somebody in that that range, that high net worth scenario, the, the planning aspect isn't as much about it didn't work. How can I make it work? It's more about it works. How can I improve that? How can I maybe hedge against some of the the liabilities, you know, against the unknowns of taxes, against, you know, wanting to go to my kids at these ages, having that plan for distribution or whatever it is in place. It's it's more improvement of your scenario, removing some of the unknowns and, and putting some some controls in place to help hedge that. You know, so that's really where planning somebody in that that range the planning aspects come in. It's more about improvement, improvement. That's, yeah, that's fair. And, and, you know, just like anything, right? I mean, you know, more, if you have more assets, you have more money, uh, you may just have a different set of problems than someone with a little bit less, right? It doesn't necessarily mean right. that all those problems go away unless you're probably in the stupid money category. <laughs> right. right. I mean, if you've got, and even then they've got problems, right? So right. yeah, you, with, with more money comes more problems, bigger problems. More money, more problems. Right? That's right. You just got to, Make sure you're planning accordingly. So, yeah, yeah, and, and so it, you know, I, it's easy to ca- well. I mean, think about the statistic of like the people that hit the lottery, right? They wind up most of them wind up losing it all, right. uh, or going through it all, which is m- completely mind-boggling. Like, well, because they they have that wealth effect in, in mind of thinking the same thing. Oh, I just won, you know, three million dollars in the lottery. Well, after taxes, you've got two, right? You know, if you're lucky, you're one and a half. You know, and, and you're thinking, well, yeah, I can spend a hundred, you know, two hundred thousand a year, no big deal, and you know, seven, ten years down the road, it's gone. Yeah. I mean, if with that mentality, it's a matter of understanding and having that plan. Yeah, great point. Great point. All right. Well, that's our podcast for this week here on some high uh, net worth folks. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more in depth we can do. We'll probably circle back around and, and maybe get a little bit more into the weeds and nitty gritty on uh, for high net worth folks, so we can share some more. Uh, tactile things kind of put your kind of put your hands on if you will on a future episode because certainly there's a lot to to all the different kind of categories you know so many people go to see a financial advisor thinking that a uh, I probably don't have enough. I probably can never retire. They're going to tell me bad news and I, and I'm too poor to retire. And then they're pleasantly surprised to find out they're in better shape than they are. And then other folks are sitting on too much and think, well, I don't need an advisor because I'm sitting on too much or, or whatever. So both both of them are kind of in the wrong mindset. Having a professional just helps you corral all the things that you need to corral, whether it's making sure you've got enough to get through because it is close and tight or you have a, a whole lot of extra, but you want yep. to protect it as well. So just lots of different things to think about. Certainly good reasons to talk with a financial professional like Phil Putney, uh, who is a, a CPA as well as a personal financial specialist. So reach out to him at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us. Hit the little subscribe button on Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank Phil, you thanks too. for hanging out and, uh, and happy beginning of Halloween month to you. Phil? investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.